the great fundamental issue now before our people can be taken place. It is, are the American people fit to govern themselves, to rule themselves, to control themselves? I believe they are. My opponents do not. of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. shape the future in the image of our hopes is ours is to determine by our actions and our choices. If we succeed, generations to come will say of us now living that we mastered our moment. Bringing Heartland America into the heart of the swamp. This is The Right Take. Hello, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of The Right Take. I'm Eric Lindrum, here with my co-host, Jacob Grandstaff. And uh, no, no long intro for this one, guys. We are just going to dive right into this. We have a very special surprise for you. So, of course, as we said before, we are trying to get more guests here on The Right Take in the new year, 2022. We had a handful last year. Very good guests, very high-quality guests. Each interview was great. You guys should go back and check them all out. But we had, of course, one person for our very first guest, all the way back in episode number 25 in June of 2021, little over nine months ago and now after that time almost a year now that special guest has returned for a comeback appearance here on the right take that is none other than the man the legend himself tom papper tom welcome back to the right take you're too kind nine months it that that's actually depressing eric i feel like i could have had a child in that time but uh, <laughs> here we are a lot of fun things have happened uh, our country is immeasurably worse but at least we're still here and having fun so it's great to be here thanks for having me eric thanks for having me jacob of course glad to have so, you on here it's clown world we're all just gonna honk honk our way through it 
that is that's our only way forward. I honestly believe that uh, so long as we manage to have fun through all of this, we can be the guys who come out on top because uh, nuclear Armageddon, the guy in the bunker telling the jokes is going to be the only one keeping people sane. And if that guy plays his cards right, he could easily be the president of Earth when when he come when we all surface again and, and stop being mole people. Uh, that is, of course, if, if Stacey Abrams hasn't already claimed the title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, it's great to have you back here, dude. It's great to be able to have this, these jokes and laugh at the world as it continues to implode around us. And you, of course, are doing the best work possible in covering the latest crazy events of the day. You are a man of many talents. You, Your works have been written in many publications across the Internet. You have made headlines. You have changed the outcomes of elections at the federal level. Of course, as we said before, your reporting did ultimately change the outcome of a U.S. Senate race in 2020. And your work has not slowed down at the slightest. It is continuing. So you have a brand new venture. Tom, Mr. Pappert, if I may, would you like to tell our audience about <laughs> your new outlet, your brand new publication? You're just trying to make me sound really, really old, aren't you? Well, Valiant News is our new website. You can find us at valiantnews.com. And the vision is to kind of... I think that we're in the middle of a realigning right now in America. And I think that what – and maybe I'm totally wrong. We're going to find out at Value News. But I think that people are tired of everything being sensationalized when everything is already sensational. You really don't need to try to take it to the next level when Joe Biden just yesterday basically – I mean he said we were going to war with Russia. Then the White House came and correct him a couple minutes later. When things that crazy are already happening, I think – I think people are uh, tired of being coerced into feeling certain ways about an article. So our goal is to put out truth, to put out easy to understand things that will leave you informed and hopefully to keep changing these major races and to have a lot of fun while doing it. And we've got a great team. Of course, I've, uh, I'm, I'm of course there, uh, but we also have Jack Hadfield, a phenomenal talent from the United Kingdom. We have Gabe Keen. You may remember him as meme Lord for hire on Facebook and Andrew White, our up and coming writer who is just phenomenal. He's actually, actually the biggest writer on the website right now uh, because he's been brave enough to dive into Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, that's that is a gold mine that just keeps giving. I, I still the, the stories that break out of that thing. Again, it was almost two years ago now that the story was first reported by The New York Post. And it, it's one thing. All right. To see him. OK. Recording himself on his laptop webcam of all things with prostitutes and doing drugs and boasting about, you know, his foreign business connections. It, but then, oh, it's like, oh, surely it can't get worse. Right. <laughs> and it gets worse. Oh, it, just it gets keeps worse. worse. Oh, so I well, just today we had. So I think it was in the New York Post. They were reporting, and as we're recording, I know you, the audience may have seen this by now. But Hunter Biden was apparently helping to get funding for the Ukrainian bio labs that aren't supposed to exist. You can't make this stuff up. Yeah, you this really This stuff can't. is so bizarre that if you explain it to the average person, they just don't believe you. This is the this is the difficulty we face. Even conservatives, you explain this stuff to conservatives, and it's like, no, that can't be true. That's too far fetched. It sounds like something out You're of right. a movie or a GTA game. Yeah. 
that's why so that's what I, I I'm starting to lose my love of the New York Post but I used to just laud them endlessly and then with the Hunter Biden thing they they had a photo of him with a crack pipe dangling out of his mouth while he would appeared to be asleep I didn't know any of that was possible how do you sleep while on crack <laughs> let alone with the crack pipe in your mouth but that was not the lead the lead was Ukraine Bobolinsky uh, financial matters and it's like that is not visceral people don't no. understand that so the the New York Post I'm a fan of what they used to really represent which is a highbrow lowbrow balancing act so uh, our headline up on Valiant News as we record this is just like my mom Hunter Biden watched uh, uh, let's just I, I'm gonna actually butcher our headline for the sake of your audience's innocence here uh, Hunter Biden watched uh, mom themed adult videos shortly after referring to his former uh, comparing his mom to his former lover that's the type of stuff I think is visceral to America like wait a minute we all heard about Bush's daughters like having a beer or whatever the hunter is actually watching stepmom videos I mean yeah remember when, remember when Sarah Palin's daughter got pregnant at 16 that just like blew up the internet when that happened but like oh it was the man, end no of the one world. bats an eye oh he uh, watched he watched uh, mom videos he watched uh, mom porn videos oh okay whatever uh, he's not president that's that's the line now oh, he's not president we voted for Joe we didn't vote for Hunter that's that's exactly. the way meanwhile are remember Barron is autistic Barron is a retard uh, Trump hates Barron Barron mm -hmm. wants to kill himself everything that we saw about that poor child uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'm surprised we didn't have his Minecraft server docs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he's secretly remember they can't dox him because he's secretly a world-class hacker don't you know he, <laughs> as right. the president said he knows computers he knows computers so well like he really is, uh, that kid that kid is definitely a prodigy if ever where there was very one. good but, with the technical but absolutely if if anything remotely like this came up with don jr you know the media would be all over it obsessively day well, they and call night. him a cokehead they call him a cokehead because he he's a new yorker and he likes to go out and and when he was younger he would go to nightclubs okay that Who sounds like everybody <laughs> living in new york yeah meanwhile we have we have hunter with the crack pipe in his mouth firing it up like it's a little bit different I see that picture of Hunter sleeping in the crack pipe, and I remember someone commenting, oh, he's not asleep. He's ascending to a higher dimension. <laughs> he's living yeah. his best life, man. I mean, the thing, realistically, though, let's be honest. He is living his best life right now. He, he has all oh, this yeah. dirt on the Internet, and he gets away with it because his daddy is president of the United States It's a book States deal. Now. And, and yeah, he gets a book deal. He gets to He's sell his really, his crappy art that even Jackson Pollock would look at. Like, damn, dude, what is this? Like, it's just like, oh, I, I hate, I hate the media so much. Because Jacob and I, we we talked about this before, where when you first saw the Hunter Biden story broke with the New York Post back in October of 2020, you initially looked at it and said. Oh, that's game over. He's going to lose. This is going to be his Hillary email server story. Then a few days later, when Twitter and Facebook literally banned you from posting the yep. URL link, you can't even share the story. Jacob, you then looked at it and said, oh, never mind. It's game over the other direction. This yeah. means Biden's going to win. Yeah, if, if social media, and this is the thing, it's not just the media not covering the story. And this is what the New York Post actually brought out a few days ago. They pointed out that it is the discretion of the Wall Street Journal, the you know the New York Times, not to run a story if they don't want to run a story. It is not the discretion of social media companies to suppress stories. So this is where the real crime is, because this is illegal. This is an in-kind contribution, in contribution to the Democratic Party for Twitter and Facebook and uh, I think even YouTube stepped in oh, yeah. and to suppress this. So if they had not suppressed that, Joe Biden would have lost in a landslide. Are those independent voters, this is why you look at the polls now, Joe Biden has, is sitting at like 41, 42 percent at best. 
Yep. Fox News has him at 45, but that's how Fox News polls are. They always lean Democrat. But <laughs> those independents who are leaning heavily Republican, they would have all voted for Donald Trump like they did in 2016. There's no way he would have won if social media had not suppressed the story. I, I think that's right. And I think the bigger takeaway, because they're not going to stop. And I think that this has pushed a lot of people to get on Gab and get on Spreely and get on Telegram and even Getter, uh, I, I, which is good. But they're never these social media companies. They have uh, they have more money than most African nations. They have deep relationships with repressive governments like China. Uh, they have no qualms with they, they don't care about us. They, we are dirt beneath their feet. So the solution the takeaway for me is the New York Post and Rudy Giuliani and whoever else was involved in that light laptop back in 2020 made a fatal error by not uh, doing what happened in 2016 with WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks, so long as you could go to WikiLeaks.org, you could find all of those emails. And then, I mean, you and me, us three, we were, I, I assume you were, Jacob, I don't think we met back then, but Eric, you and I were helping just like on Facebook, random guys saying, OMG, did you see this? And that is what was ripped away by giving it as an exclusive to the New York Post. On paper, it makes sense. It's one of the most read papers in America. They've been around. They're arguably the oldest newspaper in the country. That's what they advertise themselves as. Founded by Alexander uh, Hamilton. Right. But the fact is, they are one outlet. And then other outlets have to plagiarize them if they want to put that information out or aggregate it or do other things. If it, if they had created the WikiLeaks style of culture where every – it was what Andrew Breitbart told us about. Everybody was a journalist. Everybody was just as good as the New York Times when the WikiLeaks dropped. In fact, we were all better because the New York Times was refusing to cover it. And I think that that would have changed things enormously. And I got to say, hats off to the guys over at uh, Marco Polo USA, uh, where MarcoPoloUSA.org, I believe, is the website. You can actually now view everything that's not like going to get them a knock from the FBI <laughs> from the Hunter Biden laptop online, and you can be that citizen reporter. It's, it just took two years to get us here. That really is true, and it's interesting, of course, that you mentioned Andrew Breitbart. You know, just earlier in this month, we had, unfortunately, the the, uh, the 10th anniversary of his tragic and far too early passing. And I did get a chance to watch the Breitbart documentary they did about him shortly after he died called Hating Breitbart. And man, that guy really, he did pioneer a lot of what we are able to do, what you guys and other independent journalists, you know, guerrilla journalists, as I like, I believe I said in the previous episode, what you guys like to do. He, that guy was a, a firebrand. And I don't, if it were not for him, we would not have this kind of citizen journalism we have now. That's exactly right. And yet you see the the decision makers, they, they don't understand that. The old fogies, they still don't understand that. And I like Rudy Giuliani. He's America's mayor. I don't blame him. But all of the people who were advising Trump and the campaign, because I think that's how the laptop came to be, they don't understand. Give it to Jacob. Give it to Eric. Give it to me. Give it to some guy off the street. And they will start salivating just reading those emails. They will they will go, oh, my God, I'm going to win a Pulitzer. And a, but we're not because, you know, we're, we don't have the big publication behind us. But regardless, it can get out. That's the ethos. Because Breitbart, if you remember, Breitbart died 
so long ago, but he used to hold up his phone and say, everybody's a journalist now. Everybody can do this. And I remember thinking at the time, yeah, but it's going to be like like two pixels. Well, now here we are 10 years later. We have like uh, movie quality cameras with us at uh-huh. all times. We are we should all be CNN at this point. We'll never forget that uh, the legendary based trucker in New Jersey, Ed Durr, who beat the state Senate president, he had one campaign ad and he literally recorded it on his iPhone and spent $153 on his campaign and he still won. So, yes, we really can use our phones to win these days, like Breitbart predicted. I think he spent more on Dunkin' Donuts than he did on the actual campaign ad. <laughs> what a legend. I remember seeing the meme shortly after he won. Someone posted a, a fake template, like Wikipedia template, of the 2024 presidential election with Ed Durr as the president, with Donald Trump as his running mate, and he beats Biden with like 400 electoral votes. <laughs> oh, God. And $400. <laughs> God, we can only hope. But yeah, so as we suggested earlier, of course, you know, and as we've already described, there is a lot of new stuff going on with Hunter Biden that you guys are covering that some other outlets will not cover. Or as you said, they will bury the lead under, you know, foreign business deals. And that obviously is important right now going on with especially with all the goings on in uh, oh, sure. Ukraine right now. I, I think there's yeah, there, there's something going on over with Ukraine right now that's might be hurting their interests a little bit because, you know, now, oh, the energy company can't function right now because uh, we're, we bombard- <laughs> it was bombarded. But yeah, so. Is the there Russians any- are outside of it right now. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all right. So, um, is there any other? Are there any other uh, juicy stories you would like to tell us about at Valiant News or uh, anything else you want to uh, cover here? Well, so we've got all kinds of stuff on the horizon, but right now a very enlightening piece of weekend reading, if you want to spend some time, is a timeline of how all of Hunter Biden's relatives and close contacts responded via text after he was accused. Uh, behaving in a sexually inappropriate manner around a minor underage relative. Now, multiple outlets, Candace Owens, uh, Lauren Boebert, and uh, I think even BizPack Review have all named this person as Natalie Biden. That would be Hunter Biden's niece, the daughter of Haley Biden. Well, in 2019, for an unspecified period of time, 2018-19, Hunter was banned from seeing this young lady, uh, alleged uh, to have behaved sexually and inappropriately, and the word molest came up once around her and the entire Biden family got in on it. You had Joe Biden's acknowledgement via his brother, uh, Jim Biden, who, of course, showed up in the Ukraine business dealings of Hunter. You had Ashley Biden, who, of course, aside from the diary, Ashley is a registered social worker who may well be a mandatory reporter, meaning it's possible she broke the law by not calling the police when her brother confided that his niece thinks he molests her. Mm. So it's a fascinating timeline that just tells you exactly how messed up our first family is and i think it's a pretty good indication that biden isn't in charge of his own family let alone the united the states country. he had joe doing it for him. i oh, mean jim do it for him. My yeah. goodness yeah because Haley biden correct me you said Haley biden was that's uh his knee hunter's niece right Sorry, it's also confusing. It, it so Natalie is Natalie the niece. Is the niece who is he is alleged to a, yes. Now she's Haley, the daughter. She's the daughter of Haley, of Haley. and Haley was Bo's widow, right? Yes. So That's Hunter, right. for those who don't remember, was in a uh, hot and heavy relationship with his brother's widow. This started almost the second they buried him, and it did not go well. There, the, in the in the text messages, it is alleged that they were both using drugs together uh, as part of their mourning process and then uh, Haley was getting sober. There's allegations that uh, Joe Biden was actually forcing Haley to take random drug tests
tests, uh, just pee in a bottle type of drug tests, uh, because Joe Biden had no confidence in his own daughter-in-law following the death of his son. Horrifying family. How did this happen to America? And especially when you consider, again, that's his dead brother's widow and now her daughter. And especially consider how many times does Joe love to talk about his dead son? He's always talking about my dead son, my dead son. You know, the State of the Union address when uh, Lauren Boebert heckled him, the mainstream media spun it as Lauren Boebert heckles Biden while he talks about his dead son. Like he loves to use his dead son as a human Remember the debate. Trump goes, well, what was your son doing with his energy business in Ukraine? And Biden goes, how dare you talk about Bo? <laughs> oh. Wait, and Trump, and that one. Trump fired right back. He said, I don't know Bo. I'm talking about Hunter. Like he showed no yeah. mercy, which is great. That's how you deal with that situation. But he talks about Bo so much because by talking about Bo, it's a way to deflect from the rest of his family. Like Bo's the only good like, member of his family he, that he, he can hold up. Yes. He's kind of like JFK That's or true. he was. Kind of like JFK's older brother, Joe Kennedy Jr., yes. who, was, who was supposed to be the head of the family. He was supposed to uh, be president, but then he was killed in action in World War II. You know, Bo was, I think he was yep. attorney general of Delaware, I believe. He, he had a political future ahead of him. And I've actually heard that as far as Democrats go, like, Bo was not the worst guy to have as your attorney general. Granted, it's Delaware. <laughs> but I've, I've, and I've read the entire Ashley Biden diary. I've read, I'm not going to say I've read all of Hunter's emails because they're never ending, it seems. But I've read probably a good third of them. And that entire family, and this could just be what happens after somebody dies. But so in Ashley Biden's diary, she did the uh, uh, the this chart of people and what they remind her of. And Bo reminds her of like being a little girl and before she did drugs and before she became a slut. And like, all this like innocence stuff. reminds oh. her of innocence. Yes, yes. And and Hunter talks about Bo as if he's the the man that Hunter could never be. Like, they all seem to venerate this guy. I actually have a hunch maybe he was the good Biden. The one. And... and yeah, and unfortunately, God took him. Maybe it's good. Maybe maybe God took him before he could see what would happen to his family in a <laughs> yeah, few years. My God. Is, yeah, that is really depressing because when you consider I mean the dynamics here obviously is that yeah I'm sure Hunter in his moments of sobriety he looks at the legacy of his older brother Bo who who was the clean one he had his life on track he had a future ahead of him Uh, it's probably not hard to imagine that he was the favorite son of their father and when he died you know obviously that's devastating but then Hunter's sitting here thinking you know like why does Bo get all the praise you know why was Bo the favorite of my father and that may or may not have played a role in his life taking the downward spiral that it was it's kind of the same thing with uh in the royal family you have Prince Harry, obviously, you know, with, uh, obviously it doesn't help who he's married to, but he looks at his <laughs> older brother, William, who is next in line for the throne after their father, who is next in line after the queen. And knowing he will, that Prince Harry will, that ginger loser will never be king of the United Kingdom. <laughs> and you know, again, with his wife whispering sweet nothings in his ear, that may or may not have played a role in his decision to basically, you know, exile himself from the family. So those kind of family dynamics are really sad. It's really tragic. That's but- fascinating. I wonder if Hunter thought he was alien if he was doing that if he was just getting out of it by doing because there's a lot of guilt too it, it because clear the, the way it works in these families uh, the elite it's always the son who has to make all the money while dad's in dc and mm-hmm. you can say that's corrupt or maybe it's not but it's corrupt in my opinion uh but so it seems like when Bo died hunter's like what do you mean i gotta quit smoking crack and get a job what's charisma <laughs> okay but, yeah, maybe, daddy, oh. maybe daddy can help me get a job but i do want to i do want to kind of shift toward that dynamic that aspect of it because a lot of democrats will say okay look we didn't vote for hunter he's got problems we admit he's a crackhead okay yeah he slept around with whores and stuff like that but we voted for joe 
And so his son has no bearing on him. So how do we bring this? How do we connect this and tie this into Joe to convince people? Okay, yeah, it's it. This stuff about the 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 incest claims, all of the crack smoke and all that's bad. But this actually does have implications not only for national security but also for just general corruption. It, it, it is tied into Joe. So how do we make that well, argument to people? So there's two things. One, the guys on our side who say that you shouldn't talk about this because it's the children. I mean, he's 51 years old. He's not a child. But beyond that, I mean, it's biblical. You will know uh, the fr- the tree by its fruit. Uh, all of the fruit of Joe Biden is rotten, disgusting, and probably has herpes, or if, if not <laughs> something else. I mean, it's that the it's one horrifying. good apple. The one good apple uh, from Joe Biden is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I mean, I I certainly it seems everything I've heard about Bowie was a good upstanding man, but who's to say where he'd be if he were here eight years later? I mean, we really don't know. It's horrifying to think, considering what the other two kids look like and what everybody else in that family looks like. Like, even Jimmy Biden, Joe's brother, seems like he's got a screw or two loose if you read these text messages, where he says that he's taking Hunter's side and the whole rest of the family is, in his words, F-nuts. Uh, <laughs> insanity. So so that's how I think you can talk to people on our side, conservatives, who maybe they just think this is all too raunchy and, and, and in poor taste. I you judge you judge the tree by its fruit. Um, as far as the left, I think that is where you you put a picture of Hunter smoking crack, and then you say this guy's in Ukraine. This guy, it's like that Jaden X guy, the guy who uh, was urging Ashley Babbitt to go through the Capitol. Did you know he's in Ukraine now too? It just seems like everybody they do goes to Ukraine. So Hunter Biden, crackhead, degenerate, sex fiend. I'm, we're going to write an article. I keep joking about it because it's so funny. Hunter was in a crack hotel uh, doing large amounts of drugs, and he had a woman with him. He tells the woman to go out and get Brillo pads, which is what you use as a filter for your crack pipe. And she she's all confused because she just thinks – she doesn't know what a Brillo pad is. She thinks you have to just buy a new crack pipe. And so she goes on like an 18-hour crack-fueled journey texting Hunter – I don't know where to go. Okay, I got it, baby. Are you still there? Can I come back? Hunter winds up having his car stolen by this woman, his truck, and and then there are text messages to the person that I assume is the pimp, and and he's saying, "You better give me my effing car back, sob, or else I'm a. The, I, you know who I am. I'm gonna bring the might of the of Biden down on you." He's like threatening to get his daddy involved. Like this is hilarious. This this and dude- that guy. This new Seth Rogen. This new Seth Rogen movie sounds amazing. <laughs> I gotta go it's see it. It's like Hangover Seven, <laughs> and and this is this guy has an energy company in Ukraine, by the way, and he does business in his words with the spy chief of China, mm-hmm. and uh, and Biden says he's the smartest man he's ever met. So. <laughs> How do we square that peg, guys? <laughs> it's, it's, it's too – you're right. That's like you said earlier. It's too good to be true. It's too wild to be true that, that any of this could be remotely true. But I believe it at this point. I don't know. I, I would believe anything I heard about Hunt at this point. If I heard he was into bestiality like that weird guy that the Biden administration just hired to handle nuclear <laughs> energy, I would believe it at this point. Like there is just so much wrong here. I think the important thing – I'll say a lot of incest, a lot of drug use. They call it uh, party and play, P&P. I did not see any bestiality. 
reality, thank God. Okay, thank God. That's something at least. But I think it's important to, like, in order to try to, again, to sell this as important when it comes to, you know, the family, oh, it's family, leave it alone, to sell it to normies or even to people on the left is to emphasize how much Biden lies about his family constantly. I mean, there's the one thing, okay, yeah, he uses Bo's death as a shield, but let's not forget how often he lies about his family. Dating back to his history, of course, we know, of course, his original wife and I believe his, one of his daughters both died in a car crash many years ago when Hunter and uh, Bo were still kids. And he frames this, oh, this is a really tragic time in my life. And then I met Jill and she brightened my life. And he made it sound like, you know, yeah. a Cinderella story. Except it turns out, and this was also reported by the mainstream media right before the election. Uh, when he met Jill, she was already married to a friend of his and who actually introduced them. And then they eventually started having an affair. And it, while she was married, shortly after his original wife died, and then it came to a head when uh, he was uh, driving her car to go, go to the store or something to go get something and was involved in an accident. And the insurance company called up her husband and it was like, excuse me, sir, your your wife's car has been involved in an accident. And he was like, my God, is my wife OK? Is my wife OK? What happened? And the insurance company or whoever was like, uh, no, your wife wasn't driving, sir. He's like, wait, who was driving my wife's car? Uh, Senator <laughs> Biden, sir. And of course, obviously, <laughs> that uh, that was the end of that. But and his story, it's completely forgotten by the mainstream media. They completely erased it and made it just seem like, oh, he met this single young blonde woman who's a doctor, by the way. Did we mention that she's a doctor? And, you know, the Ben Shapiro <laughs> routine. She's a doctor. Folks. Well, and, and he, he also lies he, about he, his uh, involvement in civil rights all the time. Like he claimed that he was oh, imprisoned yeah. in South Africa when he was just briefly detained. He claimed he marched with civil rights protesters, all kind of stuff, just make stuff up on the fly. Well, I mean, he's the reason why we don't have a why we've never had a black female Supreme Court justice, which I guess is why his handlers are telling him to appoint one now. So we're going to have Judge Katanji. I give light sentences to pedophiles, Jackson Brown or Brown Jackson, whatever it is. Um, no, I mean, the guy is the, the, the guy is a serial liar. The other part of this is he's 79 years old. It, you, it's not like. He's Obama or or even Bush 43, where Obama's kids, I mean, we saw, I think it was Malia twerking at Lollapalooza, then getting oh, carried right. out on a stretcher because she got, she partied too much. She just partied too much. It happens when you're young. Well, this isn't that. I mean, I okay, I, I can kind of understand that. I think when you're the president's daughter, you should maybe hold yourself to a higher standard, even if he's had, been out of office for a couple months. But, uh, and it was just a couple months, I think. But Hunter is 52 or 53 years old. Ashley is in her 40s. Joe Biden is 79. This has been – they have been in and out of more rehabs than any of us could probably imagine even exist in this country. Uh, Ashley Biden details her tips through three of them in the diary that was published a couple years ago. Uh, the, the At some point, the dad has to say, holy crap, I screwed up here and acknowledge that. Or it doesn't – I don't know. I have no respect for him otherwise. I think that that – I think – Pointing out the business that these guys go on combined with the degenerate activities, uh, combined with Joe Biden saying he's the smartest man he's ever seen. I think that that is powerful and I think that breaks through to some people. Um, now, I, uh, I, I will add that here's a conspiracy. So Hunter was three when his mom died. And of course, there's uh, uh, Joe keeps lying and saying it was a drunk driving incident. That's right. Uh, nobody, there was no alcohol involved in that wreck uh, at all whatsoever. Um, and, uh, and, and some evil conspiracy people say maybe it was jo Joe's first wife who was drinking and he got it backwards. I don't say that, but, um, but 
the he lies about that. And and so Bo was a little bit older, though. Bo would have been like, I think, six or seven when she died, whereas Hunter was three. So Bo, maybe he wasn't so screwed up because he had less time with Dr. Jill and more with his biological mom. Could be, could be. Oh, interesting well, you, idea. You mentioned how um, you mentioned how Biden simply will not admit that he made a mistake in raising his kids, and it's this is a pattern with Joe, with like with the Afghanistan debacle. At no point during that debacle did he ever admit that he made any mistakes. At no point did he ever even. You don't even have to apologize or admit you made a mistake. You can just say, okay, stop. Like, stop this offensive. Let's back up. Let's recalibrate our, pl- our plans and go around this way. He never does that. People talk about Trump refusing to ever apologize. Trump refuses to ab- apologize because he understands it's a sign of weakness in business relations. Yes. However, Trump many times recalibrated his strategy. North Korea is a perfect example. He went from tweeting about fire and fury and Rocket Man, how he was going to blow Rocket Man up. You know, my button is bigger than your button. He went from that well, dynamic that could to— could just be his strategy work. But look at COVID. In the beginning, he didn't believe COVID was real, which was awesome. And then he believed it was real, which sucked. Now he believes it's real, but it's like maybe it's not as big of a deal as everybody's saying. Let's get back to work, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, but he's never apologized for putting the country in a two-week lockdown that lasted for two and a half years. Uh, And he never will because that's who he is. But Biden, he doesn't have to apologize or even change course because – People just show up behind him and correct him. Like it happened twice in the week where we're recording right now. Uh, the first time he said that if Putin used chemical weapons in in uh, Ukraine, then we would respond in, in kind. kind. And, every, and everybody's like, I thought we destroyed our chemical weapons. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we invaded Iraq because of that. And not uh, to mention the chemical <laughs> weapons are literally illegal by international law. Yeah. So he's submitting, oh, yes. if they commit a war crime, we'll respond by committing our own and, war crimes. And, and then the next morning the White House comes out and they say, no, 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 no. He was just saying that it will be a very serious response. Okay. That's all he meant. And then that same afternoon after the white house had already correct him, he goes up to the 82nd airborne and he's like, the Ukrainian children are so attractive. You're going to see it when you're there. (laughs) (laughs) Young women standing in front of tanks. (laughs) Everybody assumes that that means okay. I guess we are going to war with Russia. Yeah, yeah. And then, like to, within, he was speaking to the 82nd Airborne at the time, I believe, right? Yes, he was talking to soldiers who go fight in, wars in Poland. Oh, in Poland, in, nonetheless, yes, in Poland, they're next door. And and then, like within 30 seconds, the White House was there. Uh, Mr. Biden has been very clear. There is no plan to send troops to Ukraine. It's like, what are you talking about? I just heard him say it. He has not been clear. So he can just say whatever he wants, and he just has these little like gremlins who follow him around cleaning up his mess and lying for him it really is a combination of the two worst things i think with him which is of course his senile how senile it is his senility that you know he says these things and you can tell he's he's not really aware of what he's saying the moment you reference when he said you know we respond in kind you know the reporter asks the question she starts off like you know what would you do you know if putin uses chemical weapons there's a moment in the video where he pauses and then just closes his eyes for like a couple of long seconds then slowly opens them and then says that like like Windows XP shut down, restart, reboot. <laughs> but that you combine that, the senility with his, there's no sense of accountability with this guy. No one has ever criticized him or held his feet to the fire unless it's the presidential primaries. And, you know, he runs away with that. And this, this no, even then, do you remember everybody was being like uh, everybody was calling out how big of a fascist Obama was and how could Joe Biden work for a man who caged children at the border? And, right. and then after that first debate, the talking points memo went out and literally don't I'm pretty sure I Biden. saw it on Media Matters. Yeah, well, don't criticize Obama. 
And you cannot use Obama's record to attack Biden. And the message was clear. Biden's record is off limits because his only record was when he was attached to, to, to Obama. Exactly. Uh, Our only hope really to avoid war is that foreign leaders don't take Joe Biden seriously. And I think they really don't because you think about the oil situation. After we decided to stop buying Russian oil, he went to Venezuela to try to buy oil from them. But we don't even recognize their president as their president. Maduro. Yeah. So they probably took that with a grain of salt. Then we go to Saudi Arabia. Oh, now, they don't even yeah, pick up the phone. Yeah, we're back in Yemen. We're going full <laughs> genocide in Lemon. Yeah. Go, go Biden. They don't even pick up the phone. Then <laughs> it goes to Iran. Iran responds by firing 12 missiles at our base in Iraq. So, I would just oh. love to see a screenshot of the text messages between uh, Biden and Saudi Arabia and the UAE, and it just says left on red. Please respond. Please yeah. respond. Left on left on red. Three oh six a.m. So, so Saudi Arabia is mad about three things. They're mad about the uh, the the fact that we withdrew from Afghanistan in such a horrifying way. They're upset that Biden is trying to do a nuclear deal with their natural adversary Iran, and they're mad that we're not backing their their genocide, their alleged genocide of the many people. Uh, which I don't believe is actually happening. But that's what Biden was saying was happening just a couple months ago. And then this week, Antony Blinken, the secretary of state, put out the tweet after they wouldn't pick up the phone saying, we stand by Saudi Arabia, our historic ally, in wow. their ongoing fight against this insurgents in Yemen. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, even way back on the campaign trail, remember when that the Washington Post journalist got killed that we were all supposed to care or disappeared, yeah, I yeah. think, and we were all supposed to care like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. This is literally Hitler and of course Biden among other Democrats on the campaign trails like, like you will hold Saudi Arabia accountable and of course two years later he's like please I need your help please and saw and the the prince there that that Chad prince they have is like you know screw yourself go 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 play in, in your in your nursery with your with your pudding at three in the morning did y'all hear about what happened I think it was this morning Biden was giving a speech in Poland as soon as he became and began to speak like literally the moment he began to speak Russia rained down dozens of rockets on Lviv, which is the further <laughs> westernmost city in Ukraine, which is like 400 kilometers away from where he was speaking. Like it's at so the moment embarrassing to, speak. to be an American. How it did is. we get it, here? It, this it must be what they felt like during Carter. It has got to oh. be. It's, this is worse. This, this is, is worse than Carter. It wasn't until like the end of Carter's presidency that the whole Iran thing happened. You know, it took him four years. Like the energy crisis that all kind of started in like 79. This all this with Biden, Afghanistan started what eight months into his presidency, and th now we yeah. have the inflation, we have the supply chain crisis, gas prices, and now yeah, basically we're on the verge of World War Three here, whether we get involved or not, and it's not even. And we're gonna like like it used to always be a joke. So not that long ago, Buchanan ran the numbers in like 20, I don't know, 2009. It seemed recent in 2015. And he said that even if China and Russia and North Korea all ganged up on America at once, it would be it, it wouldn't be fun. It, it would be difficult, but we'd wind up winning in the end. I no longer believe that's true. What have we seen over since since Joe took office? We're kicking people out of the military because they don't want to get the vaccine for whatever reason. Uh, we're we're kick we're we're up increasing our transgender representation mm -hmm. in the top brass above all else increasing the uh, women I, representation just like promoting women like female. crazy women who keep failing the tests but their superiors are like no 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 just keep retaking it we'll pass you yeah. eventually like, or we just change the test because it's too hard the average recruit no longer is a uh, corn-fed uh, southern boy it's someone who looks like 
not like a redditor. I was going to say like me, but at this point, I, I look better than these people. They're all the, it's terrible. We and meanwhile, you see our recruiting ads, and it's like my lesbian parents raised me well, oh, but I when that. I was done with my sorority, I thought I need a way to give back to the country that allowed my gay moms to get married. It wasn't even so that. I joined the Marines. She didn't even say in that ad you're talking about. She didn't even say give back to the country. She doesn't mention America or patriotism once. She says, you know, I want to yeah. define myself. I wanted to like That's be right. able to express myself. Like, yeah, the military <laughs> is a great place to do that. That's what they're going to say about it. That's just it. The, who do they think is going to join the military? The military, for people, I don't know, maybe it's different for the Zoomers, but I was around and you guys were around when George W. Bush was like the most unpopular. We all thought it was, oh God, he's such an unpopular president because he everybody didn't like the war. Well, compared to Biden and what they tried to do with Trump, it's nothing. But I, rem I don't think anybody my age or a little bit younger will ever join who is a liberal will ever join the military unless it's to pay for their trans surgery or something mm -hmm. because everybody remembers uh, I mean we were like five steps from spitting on the troops Vietnam style in 2006 2005 yeah, well, because the, the military, because I, I, the way I was raised, I'm sure we all feel this way, that we are raised to respect the military as an institution. But when you take one look at what's happening here with the systematic indoctrination from the top down, Lloyd Austin and Mark Milley talking about critical race theory, white rage and all that crap. And obviously they're now forcing it on every branch of the military, on officers and everyone on down between that and the vaccine mandates and now trans acceptance and like pregnancy flight suits or something like that. It's just <laughs> and the pushback. Remember when the military went to war with Tucker Carlson for pointing out the yep. the the maternity flight suits. Ugh. Now, I'm no I'm not a biologist, but it seems Neither is to the me Supreme Court nominee. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me that the uh, that that a maternity, a woman who is pregnant flying like pulling 5G's I just, I don't know what that does to the baby, and I question the, that a maternity flight suit can save the poor child. Uh, I also don't know, like, why do we have, are we in such a shortage of pilots that we have to put pregnant women in the air? No, Not just women. I think we've reached the point in our civilization where we have, we've basically reached the apex, where we have complete un, uncontested power. And we've got a new generation of people who can't imagine the homeland ever being threatened. So they've reached the point to where it's like, yeah, the military is just like a social institution. Let's have social experiments. Let's use it as a vehicle for equality and equity and whatever new buzzword they come up with. They don't actually see it as a necessary institution to potentially defend their homeland because, they, again, they don't believe they're citizens of the world. Like the people who are running our military, they are, they're global citizens. They don't see the United States as their native soil. Because, I mean, after all, you know, their ancestors are from other places in the world. This is the problem. Like, you're not going to have a cohesive military if the people in the military look at the majority, pop the majority ethnicity as their enemies. Well, they don't understand their one job, which is really uh, to protect – I mean, we, we, we are very fortunate here in America. We have thousands of miles of ocean on either side of us. We have uh, an unstable country to our south and a cuckolded country to our north. So we're in a very <laughs> yes. fortunate, fortunate position. Yes. But the military is supposed to be looking out for our economic best interests. And that is not d d transgender maternity flight suits and, and the thoroughly modern General Milley who wants to learn about white rage. I None of that looks out for our economic interests. And that's the American empire take. I mean, I think in 15 years we're going to be in an entire – less than that at this point, maybe by the time Trump gets back. And I, if you look at what's happening, it seems to me that China 
is laughing all the way to the bank. They're loving this happening with Russia, uh, probably because Russia is clinging to them, getting as close to them as they possibly can, using their banking, using their electricity, selling them coal, selling them seafood. They're selling Chinese seafood. I, I didn't know that was possible. I just read that yesterday, though, and it seems to be true. Um, and, and increasing all of this. Meanwhile, we talked about Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia is ditching the petrodollar when dealing with China. They're talking about just uh, selling China oil in exchange for yuan. Uh, India is refusing to stop doing business with Russia. They say that it would cause a famine because they buy cooking oil and fertilizer from Russia. So they're going to buy for that, buy those in rupees and, uh, and, and sell stuff to Russia in exchange for rubles. We are witnessing the very rapid loss of American economic prosperity and dominance in this planet and it's all because this geriatric lunatic can't get his head on straight. I and 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 the military is going to be totally unequipped to do anything to stop it. That's well, I, uh, I think that'll be a wake up call. Hopefully. Well, I saw memes posted by uh, pro Russian posters on Twitter. They were saying, "Yes, the whole world is sanctioning Russia," and it had a map of the United States and Canada, Western Europe. And Australia and Japan, and that's it. And then the rest of this, like these countries are sanctioning Russia. The rest of the world is not sanctioning Russia. Exactly. When when you look at the handful of countries, like major countries that have refused to explicitly condemn what's going on in Ukraine right now, obviously China, of course. And we've seen this. You know, China has already agreed to boost Russian imports of wheat and other you know goods and service and products that they make. You know, to offset these Western sanctions. But then you look at other countries, like you mentioned, India. Strangely enough, India and Pakistan together both are either taking Russia's side or are remaining neutral on this, which is funny considering those two hate each other's guts. Uh, Israel has not yet condemned what's going on in Ukraine. Saudi Arabia Abramovich. obviously has not. Abramovich, so uh, he fled the UK, wound up in Spain for a little bit, took his yacht to Tel Aviv, Israel, and then flew his private jet to Turkey and then to Russia. That was the only way he could get home. But Brazil as well. Like uh, Jair Bolsonaro, Bolsonaro yep. he met with Putin shortly before Putin launched the invasion. So I'm sure Bolsonaro, like Xi Jinping, oh. knew about the invasion ahead of time, and he was perfectly okay with it. Because this is the thing. These countries see the the basically the international cancel culture of NATO, and they don't want to be on the wrong side of that. So they well, see the only way something. out mm -hmm. as diminishing Bolsonaro. NATO's power. Bolsonaro is an Amerabu. He's obsessed with American cowboy movies and Donald Trump and the art of the deal. Like, that's why Trump liked him so much, because he's like he worships America. He thinks we're the cool the, what America was in the 80s. Exactly. He thinks it's the coolest thing ever. And so he if he's like, if he's like, yes, I will go. I can't do a Brazilian accent. They're very nasally. If I will go with it. I won't go with Russia. I think that I, that really says something about the decline of the American world order. You know, somebody asked me, Jack, uh, on, uh, it was asked me last night, you know, what's going to happen with the a multipolar order? Is it going to work where, you know, that's what Putin says he wants. He wants to have multiple uh, poles of influence, one in Russia, one in, 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 in Beijing, one in America, I guess. But he wants to have one of those uh, spheres of influence, too. And I don't think it's going to be multiple poles. I think it's going to be everybody 
Freddy versus America for the next 15 years, and it's going to suck to be in America's side. Exactly. We talked in a previous episode, of course, that the New York Times put out an editorial. Uh, I, I know it's the New York Times, but it was actually not as cringe as you would think it would be. On the 50th anniversary of Nixon's trip to China, when he met with Chairman Mao and opened relations with China, and the New York Times saying, we are now on the at the dawn of the China-Russia alliance that Nixon feared. And that is, that it's, I don't think it's obviously that simple, but that is kind of what we're looking at right now is you got Russia and China, they're both agreeing to work with each other. We know, of course, that Putin and Xi had a private summit meeting where they agreed that, okay, Putin's like, we're getting ready to invade Ukraine, but we'll wait until your Olympics are done because we don't want to steal your spotlight. <laughs> so then they do that. That was confirmed. It's been reported. And obviously, China is taking a close look at this. They're monitoring the situation very closely, and they're gauging the reaction of the West, i.e. the United States so that they can decide when they're going to move in on that little neighbor of theirs just off the coast called Taiwan. And they've got North Korea with them. And of course, we know Russia has their handful of allies. You know, they got Belarus helping them out with what's going on in Ukraine. You've got these strategic alliances that, as you said, they are united with one common cause right now. They don't like the United States. And again, to think yeah. about where we were just three years ago, Trump was meeting with Kim Jong-un. Trump was, you know, serving chocolate cake to Xi Jinping as he's telling him, oh, by the way, I just bombed Syria. Enjoy the cake. Like, you know, <laughs> we, we go from that to whatever is going on now. It's just, it's it, you're right. It is so depressing. It's embarrassing. And we it's should the remember, weakest it, we've been since the Civil War, I would say. Absolutely. And that's not an exaggeration. You know, we know Biden loves to talk about the Civil War when it comes to January 6th. But this is actually unironically a Civil War 2022 moment. It's just it, it, I just mean the military is d disorganized. They have nobody has any interest. Morale has got to be depleted. The economy is being propped up by the Federal Reserve, just printing money machine go burr. Uh, the, the culture is just in. A, in a malaise worse than Jimmy Carter from ever, all the older guys I talk to. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, it has to be like the civil war just in terms and the, the economy is just nobody, nobody can get a job or wants a job. Exactly. Uh, we're hiring signs are literally everywhere and they haven't been taken down for weeks. And there's a reason for that. And, you know, Jacob and I were just in California a little while ago and those gas prices, uh, it's real. They're not memes. There are, there are places with gas over $6 a gallon. It's insane. It's, it's $4 in Kansas. The last <sighs> time I saw it over three, $3 was when Bush was in office. Oh my <laughs> it's God. been that long. I'm going to take this moment to say, uh, car cucks BTFO'd, Metro gang rise up. That is all folks. <laughs> but yeah. 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 It's we'll tough. see. We'll see what happens when, uh, when, uh, China sets off the EMP and my, uh, stepdad's ancient truck still moves and <laughs> you're, you're walking through the tunnels of, uh, you're, you're in fallout three going through the tunnels underneath DC trying to get to the, the white house. Knowing our luck in this timeline though, what we all want is fallout Las Vegas, fallout New Vegas, but instead we get fallout 76. That's, that's going to be our luck. <laughs> Obviously, it's, it's, it's not going to be present. That's for you, Sean, my friend. You know who you are. A huge Fallout fan who knows Fallout 76 is one of the worst things that have ever happened to the video game industry. Um, but yeah, it's 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 depressing. It, like you said, it's embarrassing to be an American. It's depressing to be an American right now. And above all else, it should be enraging. We should never forget we need to be angry at what they are doing to this country what biden is doing to this country so that his brother and his crackhead son and a lot of them can get rich off of our misery we should not forget that we should not let that go and we i know people say like wait for the midterms you know wait for the midterms they're going to get crushed and i have no doubt they're going to get crushed in the midterms but it needs to be so much more than that there needs to be more action taken against biden i would again i would love to see the republicans impeach him on day one with a new majority i don't think it'll happen but we'll see who knows 
Well, and we need to use this time to make sure. So, and this is another, we get all these wonderful little purity tests when we're not even purity type guys. We don't care about that. When, even in politics, I'll, I'll be friends with anybody as long as we're moving in generally the same direction. I, I, I'm like the communists that way. We're all fellow travelers nowadays because we've all been banned. We're all evil. So we might as well just yeah. be friends. Now there are some enemy. who just. Breaking news, yeah, Tom Pepper. I'm like a communist. <laughs> that's going to be our, that's going to be our clip. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. That's going to be our clip. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but no, it's true. And now there's some people who won't be my friend, like Ben Shapiro. So fine, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, uh, but we don't believe in purity tests right, here exa- on exactly. our side of the aisle. But we keep getting them all the time mm-hmm. because Biden just keeps handing them to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you support going to war for for Ukraine? Well, then you're not really. I mean, you're not really my friend. Then do you support uh, 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 forcing January Sixers to eat prison pot? Uh, what do they call it? Prison bread, where they put it all in a blender and then bake it and then that's what you get when you're in solitary then we're not friends we can't be friends exactly but fortunately most people disagree with those things that that is the thing too i've mentioned before i posted on gab about this that you know war really is nothing but a tool for both parties because remember 20 years ago it was the bush era neocons who said you know if you don't support bombing iraq and afghanistan right now then you must hate the troops and now here we are 20 years later and the left is saying all over twitter if you don't support going to war in ukraine you must love putin <laughs> and you must be a communist you know they're going after tucker they're going after all these people jd vance all these people who are against war, which it's a lot of the right too. you gotta admit it's a lot of our guys. That is the crazy thing. And that's, I think a perfect segue to what we want to talk about next is what is going on with the right. Obviously the left is going all in on this Hollywood social media approach. Like, you know, the sharing those Ukrainian flag filters everywhere. I see people walking around with Ukrainian flag pins here in the DC area. It's not a joke. There was this one guy. (laughs) I haven't told the story. I haven't told the story in the podcast yet a few weeks ago. I was buying groceries and I was walking back to my place and I saw this guy, this younger looking yuppie dude. You know, he couldn't be an older than like his early 30s or so, but he was already balding. He was wearing a like, you know, a, a, those DC oh. tends to do that to a lot of people. I don't know if you noticed or not, but a lot of people in DC <laughs> bald young. very early. Yeah, yeah. They bring it on themselves. But this guy was wearing like a, a tan, like overcoat, you know, not like a trench coat, but like the, the overcoats you wear with a suit. And he had pinned to it. A Ukraine flag pin, but what it was, I could tell immediately what it was just by looking at it because we were, he was coming this way, I was going this way. You know, all these, Jacob, you know what I'm talking about. These meet and greet events where, you know, you go and, you know, like to, you know, nurse one glass of champagne or one glass of wine and meet people and shake hands, exchange business cards, all that stuff. And you get a name tag and you get a name tag put in the little like laminated thing, you know, laminated square that you pin to your jacket, your pin your shirt, whatever. I could tell it was one of those name tag things that he had taken the name tag out because it's usually a white piece of paper with blank white on the other side. He turned it around to the blank side, and with two markers, a blue marker and a yellow marker, like a Sharpie, <laughs> had drawn the blue and yellow lines. They were uneven. It wasn't a straight line. You know, the fade, I would have fade. taken a picture. I would have been like, dude, I love your lapel. Can we take a picture? Come here, bro. I got to get a selfie with you. <laughs> I didn't think fast enough, but yeah, that's absolutely what it was. And he walked by. He was strutting, like showing it off. And I'm just like, this was shortly after the invasion. This was like about a week after the invasion. So I'm just like, Sure. That, that is that is DC for you. They that need is to just been... come up with a lanyard that with a tag that says virtuous. That would just save them so much trouble, so much. I just I support the current thing. Yes, no, exactly. I, the NBC so... meme. This is one of those things like face masks where we get a little bit of that out in flyover country, but not to that degree. I have not seen anybody wearing Ukraine lapels or colors. There was I was walking to a store 
because uh, we can't actually do that sometimes when you're downtown. And so I was walking to a store and I'm like, I hear a protest and immediately I go into PTSD because I live at the corner of Rioting Street and Black Lives Matter Avenue <laughs> and it was miserable for all of 2020. But uh, so I immediately, I'm like, oh my God, I'm on the street. I don't have my car. Where am I going to go? So I'm like, I know the guy who owns this business and I go in and I'm shooting the, the uh, shooting the breeze with him. And, uh, and, and I'm like, she said, there's some kind of protest outside. And he's like, no, there's a protest. I didn't hear about that. And it was just some college kids holding Ukraine flags. Oh. That's as uh, that's as bad as it's gotten here. They were nowhere nearly as bad as Black Lives Matter. Uh, it actually made me uh, re respect them. But they're just like college kids. Like they don't exactly. know what the hell they're protesting. It's the trend. That's the thing. And uh, you know, again, Joe Rogan talked about this on his show a while ago. He mentioned, you know, that just a few years ago, the mainstream media, Vox, and a lot of other you know left wing slash mainstream outlets, they're the same thing, was talking about Ukraine and covering Zelensky and saying, you know, the, the headlines he read. Uh, Welcome to Ukraine, the most corrupt country in Europe. Uh, Zelensky solidifies ties with the far and right the and neo-Nazis. Exactly, the neo-Nazis. And now suddenly, as Rogan said, oh, we're supposed to forget about that. Oh, the neo-Nazis aren't real. There are no neo-Nazis in Ukraine. Even though this is where you know some of the you know, quote-unquote conspiracies come in. They're like, yes, there are neo-Nazis in Ukraine. No, there's not enough of them to justify invading the country, you know, and wholesale slaughtering people. But it, it's these weird little this this disinformation, well, the fog of war. There's also like they act like that's Putin's only reason. Like Putin, as of all the wars in history, if you were playing Crusader Kings and you had to come up with a Cassius Belli uh, to justify your invasion, Putin actually has a number of them. Uh, NATO is expanding when they told him they wouldn't expand. Uh, the Donbass region had declared its independence and. Uh, they had intelligence that may be false uh, or may just be made up claiming that Ukraine was going to go invade uh, the two breakaway republics. Uh, the, the, the area had already been in a low-grade war since 20 – for eight years, since 2014. People have been dying. Children have been getting killed. There's that there's – that, there's a whole mythos around it that we don't know because we're American. They call it the Madonna uh, – what is it? The Madonna of, of Luhansk where this poor woman and her child were both brutally killed by a Ukrainian artillery strike so there's all of these different and, things I mean, in Odessa, that we don't hear about there was the trade union building in odessa where they were fighting and the ukrainians burned 40 russians alive inside the building so i mean there are yeah. plenty of instances where the anger the russians way yeah so if you think about it, we go into Vietnam because of a police action, uh, if, if Putin had called this a police action, it would have been almost funny just to spit in America's face. Yeah, but that's the thing, too, is that over the – it's been about a month now since the invasion of Ukraine and a little over a month now, as a matter of fact. And we already have people trying to say, oh, there's clear information. We know exactly what's happening here. But the fog of war is called it's called the fog of war for a reason. It's a thing. There's yeah. stuff we're not going to really know the truth about until years after conceded. this is all gone. Ex exactly. How do you just how do our leaders just go? That's the good guy. It's it's two languages that are very similar but different, and they seem to hate each other because they use different words. How do we know which is the good guy? It seems very uh, obtuse. And so then, of course, if you're you – know, I remember reading about or learning about all this in 2014. I had a friend who was obsessed with it, and I t kept telling him uh, that I thought Putin – I didn't think – that he watched that Netflix documentary that the CIA literally helped produce about the Ukraine uh, revolution. And I kept saying, I feel like they're probably not being 
being honest here. Turns out I was right. But but for the average guy, it's like, how are you supposed to make a decision on this? Russia versus Ukraine. Most people didn't even know what Ukraine was until Trump got impeached for it. They couldn't point it out on a map. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of things. And they are asking people to care when as if it's not like less than a year ago, we just got out of the longest war in our history, which coincidentally also happened to be the biggest failure in American military history. And Biden okay. got up there and he's like, I do. I was not going to keep this quagmire going. I'm going to be the president to get us out of this and stop starting wars. A few months later, we got another one. I still remember that the one of the funniest slash most infuriating things was um when Stephanopoulos was interviewing Biden like, two days after Kabul was taken. And of course the airport was the scene of the most chaos and you had planes taking off with Afghanis clinging to the planes and eventually falling to their deaths. And Stephanopoulos asks them and Biden is like, that was four days ago, five days ago. Why are you asking <laughs> me about that? Ago. Like, oh, it was just the, again, that goes back to the lack of they accountability. Aired that. They, they aired, aired that. that. Like you and I work in media, you know, and, and not for a live radio show, but if you're doing something that is uh, produced, uh, you end up with a lot of stuff that just hits the cutting room floor. That made it to air. That, <laughs> that, that really tells you a lot. Yeah, because that was the moment they stopped. For the most part, they stopped giving Biden a free pass and giving him, you know, plot armor, as it were, to cover up his every single wrongdoing. But uh, the point I was kind of going towards, uh, we were talking about the purity test, and I think it's super important because the, the point I was making, this is what I remember. We were talking about how the left has basically gone all in on like, yes, 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 we got to support a war because Putin is evil, white nationalist, whatever, whatever. Putin is evil, rah, rah, rah. We got to support war. On the left, it's pretty uniform. On the right, it's a bit more split now. You have, of course, you have your neocons who are going to say, yes, let's go to war. Let's do it again. You know, it's like Bush is back in office, baby. Let's go. Let's start playing Fortunate Son. (laughs) And they're all gung-ho about it. But then, of course, you still have a sizable portion of the base and elected officials who are able to take a moment and say, uh, didn't we just have a guy named Trump in office not too long ago who said, let's <laughs> stop going to war? So I, I think it's good we have these divisions, and it's good that we are having these discussions on the right because it is more important now than ever before. This is a turning point to solidify, is the right going to continue in that America first direction that Trump started, or are we just going to revert right back to the Bush years as if nothing happened? And I don't think, as Jacob and I have debated about this, I don't think the America first option means let's just completely shut out everything going out in the world around us. We can still, like Trump, we can have smart well, diplomacy. no, but strength, I mean, the thing but, is, right. it never would have gotten this far if we had an America first policy. Exactly. Like, if Trump was still in office, this wouldn't be happening. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't – Saudi Arabia wouldn't not be selling us oil. Uh, we wouldn't be calling up Maduro and Venezuela and begging for an ounce of the black stuff. I mean, Ukraine, uh, Russia – so Trump has now told like nine people, it's no longer a state secret, that he told Putin he would bomb Moscow if he went into Ukraine. We, we had oh, we had I didn't a know crazy that. person. Oh, oh he told John Daly, the golfer. <laughs> Oh my God, that's amazing! What a Chad, dude! Like, like he's on. So, so he calls. So he first relayed the story to the New York Post, and then John Daly calls him up the next day, and some other guy is recording John Daly calling Trump, and he puts Trump on speaker, and he goes, "Yeah, you know, it seemed like uh, Putin didn't do these things when you're in office." And Trump goes, "Let me tell you, I told him, I told him, Vlad, and I liked him. He was a friend, but I told him if you hit Mos, if you hit Ukraine, we'll hit Moscow. All those beautiful towers are." going down and he didn't believe me he kind of believed me all you need is two percent 
You know? oh, <laughs> that's who we had. <laughs> oh my, you know, I, I like Ukraine. That you know, the guy they elected there is an actor, former TV star, just like me. And I said, I'm gonna turn Moscow into a sheet of glass, and the first thing I'm gonna build from the ruins is a Trump Tower. That's the first thing that'll go up in New Moscow. Oh, but, that, but I believe it. Again, this is the guy who basically almost started war with North Korea, but then turned that around into peaceful negotiations by tweeting at Kim Jong-un at two in the morning, I have a bigger nuclear button and mine works. Like this. Th- oh, yeah. It works. His, his approach worked. Nixon called it the madman theory, and Trump perfected that. Remember that one interview when the tensions were highest with North Korea before they started meeting, you know, Trump was asked, you know, how do you feel about dealing with a madman in, in regards to Kim Jong-un? And Trump said, you know, as far as dealing with a madman is concerned, that's his problem, not mine. Like, <laughs> what a legend, man. But now we have— So, yeah, we oh. never would have got this far. Now, something horrifying about your point, I don't know what the numbers are. In the beginning—and <laughs> now I think the polls are all lying. I think their first couple polls might have been honest. They said it was basically 85 percent of the country across the board, no matter what— age group, political affiliation, how you voted in 2020, 85% of the country uh, supports Ukraine. Not necessarily going to war, not a no-fly zone, but we support Ukraine, 85% of us, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think, I mean, I still don't like war. I don't think it's right. I don't, I don't you know, human destruction and mayhem is always bad, but I would love to know if those numbers have moved. The more we learn about Zelensky, the more we learn about Ukraine, the more Biden blunders us to closer to World War III. But the perception that we're being given is that 99% of the country supports Ukraine and maybe 85% wants to send troops. Um, and and obviously the, the, the left, which will never let a crisis go to waste, of course, I think their big plan here is to just use anybody, uh, use this, uh, as an opportunity to, and maybe it'll take five years, but eventually they're going to go around uh, me and Jacob up and say that we express pro-Putin sympathies in 2020, and <laughs> so off to Gulag. Well, that that is the ultimate goal because they I don't think that many people on the left actually want war because they understand that this would be World War Three. We would lose entire cities, millions of people, including them, because they live in the cities. Like they would be, it would be the liberals the who would be the first to first. die. And war is just unpopular in general, especially after Bush. But I think that it's like you mentioned, Tom, that they see this as an opportunity to cast the right as traitorous mm-hmm. in 2022 and 2024 pro-putin pro-russia yeah, so they're, they're doing it to tucker already it's, like it's a said. domestic it's a domestic strategy it really is and, and of course the republicans are going in lockstep with this because you get an hour a night on fox news where tucker is great and then hannity comes on and basically repeats joe biden talking points about ukraine for the next hour it's insanity and then bring Lins- brings lindsey graham on to talk about how putin needs to literally be assassinated <laughs> and did you see yes. that clip the other day lindsey graham was speaking at, at congress and was said you know if john mccain were here he would agree with me and we're like yeah that's why, <laughs> that's glad john that's that's why, why i don't like you that's why we're glad he's not here anymore you, oh, that's, oh mm. i bet he would oh. i bet that that dynamic duo. I bet you think he's just heartbroken because nobody will call for war like him anymore. He's really the only one that should be a, like a, a, some comfort, I guess, to us. It would be Lindsey Graham and John McCain, and John McCain seemed to have more friends than Lindsey. Well, Lindsay, maybe they've all just retired. Yeah. Well, Graham's unmarried and has no children. I'll, I guarantee you that there's a picture of John McCain on his nightstand when he goes to bed every night. At this point. <laughs> but but he, I, I think it also goes back to something we talked about with you know the the Joe Biden, the Hunter Biden stuff is how much are people informed about this? And J.D. Vance said this very well. Again, I'm going to refer to him again. Another primary debate for the Ohio Senate race there. Uh, The American conservative wrote a great piece about this. You know, they formally endorsed him in that race. Of all the five major candidates on stage, 
Four of them said they support a no-fly zone in Ukraine. And then they get to J.D. Vance, who's a Marine, a veteran himself. And he's the one on stage who says, no, I don't support a no-fly zone because we know and what a no-fly zone is. it was the means. same thing with, with Syria in 2015. You remember that? It was just Trump and maybe one other candidate, but I can't mm -hmm. remember who, who said no no-fly zone over Syria because that means World War III with Russia. I, apparently the definition has changed over the last few years, but I think you're right. I think Americans have forgotten. And I think we, we need people like J.D. Vance to remind them what that means. Exactly. When you tell them that this oh, no-fly zone literally means NATO aircraft, meaning American aircraft, would then have an obligation to shoot down any Russian aircraft in the air over Ukraine, which is a declaration of war, which means actual World War III, because then we're going to war with both Russia and Belarus, and then China probably uses that excuse to say, you know, this is American aggression, we will side with Russia, and Curly's there you go. to take Taiwan. The, and they take Taiwan <laughs> with North Korea's help, and, and again, India and Pakistan. And so apparently. we have no oil, no food, no rare earth minerals, no computers, no, no international trade. No Fisher-Price toys, no plastic, yeah. Yeah, nothing. And <laughs> And all that. So if you just explain to people, this is what Vance said, if you explain what a no-fly zone is and tell them what it would mean, then a lot of Americans probably say, oh, no, we don't support that because we don't want war with Russia. You know, yeah, I, it's I, bizarre. Imagine doing that in a referendum. Your, your first question is, do you want war with, with Russia? And like 89% of America votes no. But then your second is, do you want a no-fly zone over Ukraine? Like that is just sleazy, man. Mm -hmm. That That is exactly what should become be expected of the swamp and especially – as Eisenhower warned in the intro we played, the military-industrial complex. The weight of this combination is now playing another role in taking away our liberties and affecting our democratic processes. It's happening again today, and we've got to do what we can to stop it. And again, we can support – I think the general stance of Americans is we should support the Ukrainian resistance and, like, voice support for them against this unjust invasion, this violation of their borders. And, yeah, maybe, like, you know, some of our European partners giving them weapons and, you know, supplies and whatnot, but not a single – pair of american boots should set foot on that ground we should not declare war on russia you know those that there's a few i don't want to give lines. them supplies we have bad track records with that it's just gonna wind up in allegations yeah. and well there's that too but well yeah actually that was what i defer i'm starting to dis i'm starting to like i get the hots for ilan omar I, i'm actually saying her name right these days because she pointed out that what happens i mean like i hate to be the bearer of bad news but it's looking like ukraine lost the war about two weeks ago and they're just not facing reality. Zelensky is getting more of his people killed for literally no reason when he has like a $30 million mansion in Florida. It's insanity. It's total. It's like Hitler in the bunker when Hitler could have left. Makes no sense. He, don't, um, don't you mean, didn't he, I, I thought, you know, man in the high castle said he did ultimately flee. He fled to South South America or something like that. <laughs> well, Zelensky would just be South I, Florida. It wouldn't be South America. It would just be but, South Florida. But yeah, no, it's, I thought it's, it was in the Nazi moon base, but, 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 yeah, but I, oh, sorry, but go they ahead. bought. And so what happens when all of these laws, all of these surface-to-air missiles that can be operated by a resistance fighter in the bush, what happens when, I don't know, maybe ISIS gets that? What, what happens? It's already in Europe. What happens when they take it to Poland and then smuggle it into Germany and then smuggle it into France and then smuggle it into the United Kingdom and start blowing commuter or, or passenger aircraft out of the sky with NATO and American weapons? Like, that's the type of un intended consequences that could very realistically happen in the next 18 months because of what's happening right now. Yeah. And that's why, you know, especially 
being in Europe, instead, of course, Europe is always just a bunch of dominoes. That's how you know, both world wars happened. That just a couple minor skirmishes led to the entire continent getting involved. There's a lot of things at play here. There's a lot of factors. And again, I, I just I come at it from a stance to, to clarify what I was saying before. I come at it from the stance that I don't support what Putin is doing. And I, I am seeing a lot of this on the dissonant right. And I'm sure, Tom, you know what I'm talking about. I'm seeing Putin say or people say, oh, Putin is based. He's justifying what he's doing because he's fighting globalists. And I'm like, I don't really know about that. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's overly that's that's still putting our Western view on everything. I mean, Putin. So you can say that he's afraid of assassinations, which maybe makes this a little bit better. But to give you an idea of this guy, he spent the last two years living in a health bubble where nobody is allowed to get within like 12 feet of him, double the recommended distance, by oh. the way. And and that's how come those photos where it's the long table and his generals are all the way at the other end. That's his that's his bubble. That's his health bubble. He's afraid of covid. What a what a what a loser! Oh yeah, they, they recently they recently just came out of I think it was uh, lockdowns in Moscow just a couple of months ago. Like they took they took COVID probably as seriously as liberals in America did. They they definitely yeah. went overboard on that. So uh, real quick, what is what uh, Tom? What would you say is the uh, and then Eric? Uh, what would y'all say is the optimal outcome of this war in Ukraine? Uh, Tom, you want to go optimal? first? Optimal, optimal for who is my for, only question? For everyone, I would say for well, first for of all, everyone. for America, but then for for the Ukrainians, most for peaceful the resolution. Most yeah. peaceful I mean, resolution. the best case scenario for everybody, uh, uh, including Zelensky, I'm going to offer the best case scenario for him. Uh, uh, the best case scenario is Putin does what he wanted to do literally the entire time. Uh, he's going to take the Luhansk region and he's going to take the Donbass region, or I'm sorry, the, the the Donetsk region. I'm learning to pronounce all these words, aren't we all? And and then he's probably going to go ahead and take the Mariupol re area as well. That way he has a continuous land border going from Russia to the Crimea, which gets them a warm water port, and it will be a great boon to the Russian economy even if all these sanctions stay. Uh, Zelensky is going to serve out the remainder of his term. Uh, then he's going to uh, move to America where he has citizenship and be a CNN uh, analyst. That's my prediction for him. Uh, Putin is going to be fine. He's going to be like Xi and be president for life. Uh, the people of Ukraine are going to suffer the most in all of this. And literally nobody's going to care about six months after the violence ends because they're white. That's my prediction. Eric. Interesting. Yeah, I, I certainly some elements of what Tom said. I think, again, at the end of this, Putin, what he wanted from the beginning, what he you know, said publicly right before the invasion is he wanted those two eastern regions along with Crimea, which, again, has still been annexed. He was gonna well, try and he actually said he was going to protect their independence. Now, I guarantee you that just like in uh, in whatever places, you're going to see a referendum where they would vote to join uh, mm -hmm. uh, Russia. Right. So maybe in that sense, not take it over and just make it an extension of Russia, but maybe establish a new country like East Ukraine or something. It'd be like, no, Western it'll Kurt be like, uh, I mean, he did this in uh, what, what's the place where the Muslims are over oh, there? Everybody. Trans Chechens? Uh, Chechnya. Yeah, yeah. the Chechnya. <laughs> che the, the Republic of Chechnya is still a republic within the Russian Federation. And that Ramzan Kadyrov guy who makes the best propaganda of the war, by the way, highly recommend his Telegram channel just for kicks and giggles. Um, but uh, he uh, he that he rules Georgia as an autocrat within the Russian Federation. And so you might get the same type of thing with Luhansk and Donetsk. It's kind of the situation in, in Crimea where they did a referendum famously uh, that, of course, the, the, the 
there were allegations that the referendum was totally fake and it was like when when Kim Jong-un gets 100% of the vote or whatever. <laughs> but that was his uh, his way of going in there and saying that he took Ukraine, uh, uh, Crimea from Ukraine. So I think we'll probably see the same thing. And, and, and NATO, by the way, NATO is going to uh, be with their tails between their legs. See, NATO just got all this money from when Trump was in office. So they they don't know what they just got more money they've ever had before. They don't know what to do with it. I guess World War Three seems fun to them right now. <laughs> They're going to spend blow all of the money Trump got them on this. They're going to admit that Ukraine will never join NATO. NATO, uh, uh, Ukraine will probably sign something with Russia saying that they will never try to join NATO and they'll and they'll disarm their military, which are the second mil biggest military in Europe when all this started. So that'll be a big boon for Russia. Uh, uh, and then uh, the Russia might even like keep some peacekeeping troops there for the next 20 years like we did in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Afghanistan yeah, because I know Zelensky did say the other day that he was concerned. He says, like, oh, now we're no longer pursuing NATO membership. Like, he seems to have already backed down of that. So I think uh, some modifications to Tom's prediction that I would make for mine. Again, yeah, Putin secures the independence, what have you, or that language of those eastern provinces and Crimea. Uh, they... Zelensky confirms Ukraine is not going to join NATO. I think Zelensky could still very well stay in Ukraine. I think he could, at this point, if it ends with just those two eastern provinces and Crimea, and they keep the rest of the country, that would be seen as a win, considering how far they're advancing. And they're literally outside Kiev right now. That He would take that as a win, and he'd stay in Ukraine. He'd probably— Oh, be, my thing is, he'll finish his term, and he might right. get—he'll do it the maximum legal terms, I, but I then he'll see, retire yeah, here. I could see him—yeah, I could see him totally getting reelected again. He got elected with, like, 75 percent of the vote last time, and now he's—I argue he's more popular, you know, as a, a war hero. They're, they're Churchill, as it Maybe. were. So I could see him getting reelected. Um, but I think at the end of the day, whatever that optimal, if that is arguably the most optimal outcome, and of course the, the refugees all come back to Ukraine, they're able to return to their homes and not, you know, you know, scatter among all the other neighboring countries. But even if that's the most optical, the most optimal, what we still have to consider again, as I said earlier, is what China takes away from this. And China takes a look at the situation. Okay. Does Ooh, China this, wins? Does, yeah. Do, right. They definitely win knowing how weak the United States is that, of course, if we weren't going to do anything against Russia, we certainly are not going to do anything against China when they own our economy. But are they going to ultimately take that as the green light to make their move on Taiwan? Because Taiwan has more strategic significance, certainly to us and to the world than Ukraine does. I've been saying that this whole time. That, yeah, I think China's going to wait like three months after this is all finished. Could be next year. Could take a while. Mm -hmm. But they're going to wait until it's no longer fresh in everybody's minds, and then they're just going to do it because they know nobody will stop them now. Right. But they can't do it right now because mm – -hmm then uh, everybody's going to go, but we're all pissed about Ukraine. How come we're not pissed about the Asian one? And uh, there will be accusations of racism and all that stuff. So they got to give it a few months. Um, but otherwise, I agree with that. Well, Jacob, what's your prediction? Um, I'd like to see Hungary take back Transcarpathia. I'd like to see Romania take back the Chernobyl region. Actually, that could go to Moldova. Um, the, the strip in western Ukraine, that could go back to Poland, like Lutsk and Lvov, <laughs> and then Belarus could come down and take central Ukraine, and then everything Kiev and east could go over into the Russian Federation. That would be the optimal outcome, in my opinion. Ouch. <laughs> wow. All right. Gee, we, we, got a, we, got, we got our Putin shill over here, guys. Forget <laughs> Tucker. Divvying up Ukraine. Oh, I'm, I'm, shilling, I'm shilling for Hungary and Romania equally. I mean, those, the, you know, those, those poor Hungarians, they're not allowed to learn their language in school, so it's time for them to go back to Hungary. I do remember seeing Time Magazine of course it was Time Magazine had an article like the headline saying the entire EU is united against Russia with one exception bomb 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 <laughs> and it's Ukraine it's excuse me it's Hungary because of course they hate Viktor Orban yeah. and they want to use that against him but yeah it's, it's what a, is with the the Visegrad group Visegrad they're like they're like so you might as well just watch CNN they're just putting out constant propaganda 
it is it's just such a mess and again i look at it thinking you know like you said tom i think certainly the attention span in america is going to fade away it's already arguably fading away with you know again the woman who's not a biologist you know in her supreme court confirmations everyone's already kind of <laughs> focusing on that and you know you know and the msnbc circuit like oh racism against a proud black woman a yes queen slay like they're already shifting because like you said ukraine is a white country it's a mostly uh i believe catholic country correct me if i'm wrong but is you know heavily religious country it's european they want to focus more on racism against black people. I remember there was this one headline from some outlet, I forget where, saying, you know, the real struggle in Ukraine, the plight of black Ukrainians who ref <laughs> want to be refugees, but they won't, they're not being allowed into Poland because they're black. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. But like, I liked uh, Michael Savage, uh, who is just turning into a great troll in his semi-retirement. He just put out, why, in all caps, like he always does, why are there no visible Africans in Ukraine? <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just such a mess. And yeah, like you said, the attention spans are going to shift and it's going to be something new. Like, this is not going to be what decides the, the midterm elections. I mean, I remember, you know, Rush saying back in 2020 that, you know, in August or September, the thing that is going to decide this, the 2020 election hasn't happened yet. And then, of course, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died in September 2020, and that played mm -hmm. a, a huge role. So this is probably going to be as distant of a memory by November as the Afghanistan. I don't withdrawal. think, yeah, I think that's right. And I think, I hope you're right because it depends on how fast the war concludes, I guess, which they, if you, if you've played video games and you, and you look at these maps that they're coming out with, it's like, he's doing the Putin's doing a nice little cauldron pattern where he's got like 30,000 Ukrainian soldiers almost completely encircled. And the, like in a video game, they would all be dead already because, they're not real people in a video game and you can just kill 30,000 people without anybody caring. But in real life, they seem to be slow walking in because they don't want to commit this atrocity. They want Zelensky to surrender like a man. But I don't know if he has that in him. Um, I really hate Zelensky. I'm not anti-Ukraine. I'm anti-Zelensky. Um, the yeah. guy's evil. Oh. But I, I think that... Not um, sure if I agree I, with that, I, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts <laughs> on that. I, I think that this will not be the thing that decides uh, the midterms, but it could be the thing that decides the general election because the consequences of this are going to be so far reaching and economic mm -hmm. that I mean, I like there's people who are way smarter than me predicting depressions by the time we have a presidential election. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely as possible. And again, this is indicative of just how horrible Biden is at his job and how how far America has fallen in just two years, thanks to his leadership or lack thereof. And if we if any indication of something else, yeah, this will be as distant of a memory by November as the Afghanistan withdrawal. But what next big crisis will happen between now and then? Because guaranteed this won't be the last ten dollar gas eight dollar oh. loaves of bread i don't know oh. what could the crisis possibly be it, 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 i don't <laughs> even i don't even want i don't even own a car and that made me physically cringe just thinking so, about that so in in february uh before the war i was writing just some articles for valiant news so we would have a backlog when we launched mm -hmm. and uh and so i didn't want them to i, I wanted them to kind of be evergreen and right. uh, one of them that I wrote was an article that came out, I think, originally through the AP, and then it was quoted by some local news, but it was experts suggest – and this is February 10th, by the way uh, – experts suggest moving closer to work – to avoid coming $7 a gallon gas. And the experts actually warned on early February that it could get as high as $10. But I thought, I can't put that in the headline. People won't take it seriously. They won't believe that you. Doesn't say 
<laughs> is this the Babylon Bee? What is this? Yeah. They, they're already talking about it. They were already talking about it a month ago before the war. We're going to see it. I mean, it's going to be it, it's going to be scary. And the I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how Biden survives it. In all honesty, we've seen the Federal Reserve increase rates for the first time, like in my life. It's horrifying. Yeah, I've made the prediction before that I think what happens is Biden is going to he's going to stay in office until the midterms. The Democrats are going to get crushed in the midterms, I think, in the House, certainly, and certainly state legislatures across the country, maybe even lose the Senate. I don't know about that one. The map is not friendly to Republicans, but I think they do have losses in the midterms. They're going to blame it on Biden and using his age and using his failures. They're going to force him out either 25th Amendment or resign or something. And then we get he'll have an he'll have a medical condition. He'll, have a, he'll, he'll be put out to pasture, metaphorically speaking, of course, but they'll, they'll yeah, say like, oh, thank you. In Delaware. Thank you for your service, Joe. And now it is time Big for parties. The age. Yeah. And now it is time for the, the age of white men ruling the country is over because but, now we see, have, but uh, that's I don't even want to say her name. I don't want to say her name. That's even. not better. That's not, not better though. She's, she's an imbecile. She gets up there and that, uh, 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 Mrs. Harris, vice president Harris. What about, what about the Ukrainian refugees? <laughs> <laughs> well, recently, recent, <laughs> millions of people suffering. <laughs> recently, it came out that she got peeved at Joe Biden because his staffers would not rise when she entered the room. She felt that was a sign of disrespect because she, as a woman of color, isn't being treated like a white vice president would because she thinks that people rise and stand for white vice presidents, I guess. Uh. Oh, oh, and Jacob, the other thing about this that complicates things, Kamala and Joe freaking hate each other, apparently, and so do their oh, staff. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Joe Biden <laughs> hates her, too. The first lady, the doctor, the first doctor who is our first lady, she hates Kamala as well. It's 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 a very dysfunctional. This could easily be the most dysfunctional president VP oh, yeah. team since I think— God, could you imagine? Could you imagine if if uh, if SNL was funny? You have Joe Biden, who is a senile old man. <laughs> then you have Kamala Harris, who just can't stop laughing at everything. <laughs> and then who's number three? Nancy Pelosi, the oh, alcoholic. Help us. <laughs> With her dentures <laughs> falling like, out. Lord help yeah. us. <laughs> this is like the perfect skit. Every single day you wake up and it's an SNL skit happening in the White House. The Democratic and Party. They, the Democratic Party leadership is literally an old folks' home, and Kamala Harris is is the uh, age. She's the nurse. Like, <laughs> she's the caretaker <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah well that was definitely uh, this is why we need to have more guests on this is why we are glad to have you back tom this is why we look forward to maybe having more of your colleagues at valiant news and elsewhere on our podcast this was way too much fun it went way too fast but unfortunately i think that is about all the time we have left for this episode so tom would you like to plug Valiant News? What are the outlets and various alternative social media platforms where we can follow your work? <laughs> we make it easy for you nowadays, believe it or not. You can go to valiantnews.com, valiantnews.com. And if you want to figure out where I am on Gab, Twitter, and all the other things that we have to keep up with, just go to tompappert.com and you can see the full list. I finally made it easy. Tompappert.com. That is the best website name ever that is the most base website name <laughs> i did not know that was i i just now learned it's that just, from you. it's just literally all my social media is i just bought the domain and i forward it to linktree because nice. it's like i have too many it's at real tom papper got him for trump yeah. there's too many different websites just you, you can go there and see them all if you really want to uh, uh listen to me yell more awesome so valiantnews.com and tompapper.com be sure to follow this wonderful madman that we have on our podcast here we 
we look forward to having him back in the near future. Thank you once again, Tom, as always. And thank you guys for watching. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to more guest interviews. Be sure to follow all of our latest content at our website, righttakepodcast.com. The full list of websites and podcast platforms where we are available, righttakepodcast.com slash subscribe. And as ever, if you are feeling so generous, righttakepodcast.com slash support. We'll talk to you next week, guys.